Thanks, Ross. Great prayer. Whew, I'm excited, excited to be here today. If, if you don't know who I am, my name's Johan. I'm married to this lovely lady on the front row, Fiona. And uh, I'm excited about today. It's going to be a, a great day. I, I know it's going to be a great day because my entire sermon's pretty much been preached already by, by Mary and Michelle who got up and Margaret who shared and then Russ shared. So, so um, I might just the end and we'll have a cup of tea. It's, it's been done already pretty much. But you know that God's doing something when you, when you hear the same themes come out again and again, don't you? So it's going to be an exciting morning. So um, we talked, uh, Russ mentioned New Year's resolutions this morning. Has anyone actually made one, uh, made a New Year's resolution? <laughs> this year? For this year? No, nobody? No? Oh, all right, no worries. Okay. Uh, I was talk- <laughs> Russ has. I was talking to Michael before he said he's going to quit smoking this year. Isn't that true? No, I'm just, just winding him up. I've got the mic now, you see, so he's, he's looking nervous down there. <laughs> But, you know, a new year is a great time, and we've talked about this already, it's a great time to reset and refocus. Just take some time out, look at the last year, look at the year to come. I saw this thing on Facebook, and, and we all know that Facebook is the, the fount of all truth and wisdom, and, uh, and this little graphic on Facebook said, um, there was these two people talking, and one said, oh, 2018 was a, was a bad year, and I'm not looking forward to 2019. And the other person said... Oh, I can't wait for 2019. It's going to be full of beauty and fragrance. And, and the first person said, well, how do you even know that? And the second person said, because I'm planting flowers. And, you know, there's something that we can do at the start of a year that will put us in a good position for the whole year. We can position ourselves for growth and for a fantastic year. Are you going to join me on this journey this morning? Great. Let's go. So as a church, we've already done that, haven't we? We have positioned ourselves in this great building. Isn't it fantastic? We've got room to dance. Tim's happy about that. He's going to bring his flags next week and, you know, and he's going to show you guys how to do it. We've, 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 just, we've got space and we were bouncing against the walls at our last venue as great as it was, but it's great, great that we've got some space to grow. And you know, our, our telly's got smaller or well, the room's got bigger. It's getting hard to see now. But as a church, we have positioned ourselves for growth. We've been intentional about where we are positioned in order that we can experience growth. Now, that's true for us as well. We get to do that as well in our lives. We can be intentional about where we position ourselves so that we can experience growth. Are you with me on this? Jesus often spoke about growth. The, The first passage we'll look at is Luke 13, verses uh, 6 through 9. Jesus told them this parable. There was a man who planted a fig tree in his orchard, but when he came to gather fruit from his tree, he found none, for it was barren and had no fruit. So he said to his gardener, for the last three years, I've come to gather figs from my tree, but it remains fruitless. What a waste. Go ahead and cut it down. But the gardener said, sir, we should leave it one more year. Let me fertilize and cultivate it. Then let's see if it will produce fruit. If it doesn't bear fruit by next year, we'll cut it down. When we moved into our house, we had a lemon tree out the back and it was the most scraggly looking, dead looking thing. And I'm like, well, we're cutting that down. And Fee's like, no, wait. The, the, wise, and, uh, the wise one among us, she said, wait and I'll, I'll feed it and fertilize it. And she put citrus food on it. And now it's this insane lemon tree. It's just given us more lemons than we know what to do with. If anyone want lemons, uh, see Fiona and she will give you some lemons. 
But Jesus values growth. He talks about it time and time again. Again, later in that chapter, in verse 18, he says, How can I describe God's kingdom realm? Let me illustrate it this way. It is like the smallest of seeds that you would plant in a garden, and when it grows, it becomes a huge tree with so many spreading branches and various that various birds make nests there. Now remember that image. I'm going to come back to the image of a tree in a minute. Uh, verse 20, he says again, How can I describe God's kingdom realm. Let me give you this illustration. It is like something as small as yeast that a woman kneads into a large amount of dough. It works unseen until it permeates the entire batch. And what happens? The dough rises, it grows, it expands. This increase. Now, I'm the world's worst bread baker. I love, the, I love bread. I'm, bread's one of my favourite foods. Um, it's, apparently it's unhealthy nowadays. I ignore that. I just eat bread. Uh, I love it. And, um, but I'm a terrible bread baker. I'm, and, and the reason why, I know why I'm a bad baker. It's because I'm, a, I'm an experimental baker. And I can't, I can't make the same thing twice. I'm always going, like, oh, how, can I, how can I change it? And so I, I get my mix and I'm like, oh, I'm going to throw in a bit, bit of gluten flour this time and maybe a bit more yeast and oh, a bit less water and see what happens. And it, it really turns out good. But on the other hand, my brother is an amazing baker. He makes some of the best bread I've ever tasted and, and he has a business doing this and and the reason why he is so good, I was at his house and I was like, how can you get it so consistent and so good? And he's got like spreadsheets and percentages and weighing everything. And it's like this scientific laboratory. And, and he says, you have to, you have to be able to, you have to do that so that you can, you have to put in the time and the effort and the attention in order to get a good result. So it's the same in our life. We have to be intentional, don't we? We have to be intentional about what we put into our life, where we position ourselves so that we can get a good result. We can't just sort of like, well, I'll throw a bit of this in, I'll throw a bit of that in and just see where I end up. Because you're going to have varying results. Now, let's talk about that tree again. The reason why Jesus always talks about growth is because... I'll get to this reason in a minute. We'll talk about the tree. So the tree, a tree doesn't exist for itself. When a tree grows, the, the passage said that it grew and then it, what? It provided um, nests for the birds and, and there was a benefit beyond the tree. Now, I have trees in my garden. The trees don't exist for themselves. They exist to bring me benefit. I get fruit off them and um, you could cut them down for firewood. <laughs> no. <laughs> No, shade, shade. Um, Treehouse, exactly. So, so trees exist for themselves, but beyond themselves. God desires that we are growing and fruitful because he wants us to have a fruitful growing life, but not just for us, it goes beyond us. And he has designed us to impact the planet through us being growing and being fruitful. Isn't that cool? Um. I can tell you that you, you don't quite believe me. So we'll go to Genesis chapter 2 and I'll prove it to you. I will make you a great nation. I will bless you and make your name great. Isn't that nice? And that, that's where the prosperity doctrine stops because it's all about me, right? And it's about me being blessed. and It's about me having stuff. But if we carry on that passage, it says, and you shall be a blessing. So, so we get to receive from God, not for us, but not just for us. And then we get to be a blessing. So there's a transaction that takes place. 
Fee and I always talk about the so that. There's always, in God, there's always a so that. So God will give me something and it's for me, but he gives it to me so that. There's always an application for whatever he gives you. And you know, you might get a breakthrough in an area. Maybe you get a breakthrough in healing and that's for you, 100% for you, but it's never just for you. Now you get to walk in that breakthrough and you get to have faith in the area of healing and you encounter someone with the same illness or sickness as you and you can say, I, I, I know the answer. Jesus is the answer for that. Your breakthrough can be my breakthrough. Second Corinthians chapter 9. This generous God who supplies abundant seed for the farmer, which becomes bread for our meals, is even more extravagant toward you. First, he supplies every need plus more. Then he multiplies the seed as you sow it so that the harvest of your generosity will grow. Isn't this amazing? You will be abundantly enriched in every way as you give generously on every occasion. For when we take your gifts to those in need, it causes many to give thanks to God. It is God's amazing plan to bless the entire planet through you. So we get to be stewards and carriers of His blessing and give it out. And as we give it out, something amazing takes place is that it becomes, it multiplies, it becomes more abundant. It's like a win-win. Now, if I was God, I'm not, just so you know, but if I was, uh, <laughs> I, I would look at the planet and say, well, I want to bless everyone, but if I, if I get people to do it, they'll kind of just stuff it up. So I'll just, I'll just click my fingers and everyone will be blessed. But no, he doesn't do that. He looks at his children and he loves his children and he says, you know what? I love you so much. I want you to be part of this plan. I want you to receive the blessing and, and benefit from the blessing. And then I want you to take it out and give it to people and then they'll benefit and everyone will know the nature and character of the Father through us and, and giving out of what he's given us. Isn't that great? And it's not just material things. We can think, oh, that's just money, right? No, 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 no. It's not just money. So for instance, maybe you have a healthy marriage. Maybe you've grown a lot in that area and you look around you and you see marriages that are in trouble. You know, you can give into those marriages. You can talk to people and share of what, what the growth that you've had and watch it multiply and become abundant. Be intentional about positioning yourself for growth. There, there's a story in the Bible about somebody who sowed seed. It was a farmer. It's in Matthew, Mark, and Luke, if you want to look at it later. And as this farmer threw seed out, sometimes the seed would land on hard soil and it would get eaten by birds. There was no growth. Sometimes the seed would land on rocky soil and it couldn't put roots down. And so it was withered by the sun. There was not sustainable growth. Sometimes the seed would land in weedy soil and it was choked by the weeds and it was weak. So it was not healthy growth. But sometimes the seed would land in rich soil and there's abundant, healthy, sustainable growth. Now it's the same seed in every location, but the soil changes. The position of the seed determine the type and the rate of growth. It's important that we are deliberate, are intentional, Think about where we are positioning ourselves so that we can grow the way that God has ordained us to grow. 
I used to play volleyball when Fiona and I lived in Broome. She ran a volleyball competition that was run by the church, but open for the whole community, and it was a form of outreach. So we had heaps of different teams from around the town when we were playing volleyball at the church courts. And, uh, and I had a team every year, and um, it's, it's gonna, I'm, I'm just going to brag for a bit. We always like either came first or runners-up. We're really good. Not that I'm a good volleyball player. I'm just, I'm just a regular guy, but I, I found something out in the early times I was playing volleyball was, is that you know, you think volleyball is about your hands and you've got you to put the ball over the net, which it kind of is. But if your feet aren't in the right place, your hands, you don't have any control. And so a ball would come and you just swing wildly at it and the ball just goes anywhere. But if you can position yourself behind it, then you can guide that ball exactly where you want it and win games. Woo. I should have worn my, my Premier's T-shirt, yeah. Now, positioning is, is important. Um, 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 6 to 9. I was the one who planted the church, and Apollos came and cared for it, but it was God who caused it to grow. This mean, means the one who plants is not anybody special, nor the one who waters, for God is the one who brings the supernatural growth. Now, the one who plants and the one who waters are equally important and on the same team but each will be rewarded for his own work. We are co-workers with God, and you are building God's cultivated garden, the house he is building. There was a team of people that planted this church. They, they were faithful. They heard the, the, the voice of the Lord, and they said, yes, we're going to be faithful and plant this church. But you know what? They're not actually anybody special. I've met them. I know. <laughs> they're nice, but they're not special. And, and you know, there's some more of us and we've come along and we're watering a bit, but we're not special. It's God who causes the growth. But, but look at this. Oh, it's not there. Uh, the <laughs> look, look what it says here. Um, we are co-workers with God. So even though we're not special, there's actually a, something that happens is that God's doing something, but you know, we, we get to do something as well. What's our job? Our job is to plant and to water. We're working together with God. So even though we're not special, we're still important because God's plan is to work with us doing this job. We're on Team Jesus, the winning team. Woo. Now, this applies corporately as a church, but you know what? It applies individually as well to each one of you in your life is that it's, you need to be planted and watered and God will cause growth. And just like the seed in the rich soil was planted in the correct place, you need to make sure that you're planted in the correct place. And I love the word that you brought this morning, Mary, with, you know, <laughs> the replanting and the digging in the soil and it's, um, God's doing something here this morning. Have ears to listen. Um, we have, you know, musical chairs, that kids game. Uh, in our backyard, we have musical plants. It seems like every week I look out and Fee's looking at a plant. She's saying, ah, I, I think that plant would do better somewhere else. And so the rest of the day is me digging holes and we're moving plants around. Okay, no, I'm, I'm exa- it preaches exaggeration. Yes, every two weeks or so. Okay, Fee digs the holes as well. All right. <laughs> but, but 
we've seen some plants and they're not doing well and so we put them in a different part of the garden and all of a sudden they're doing really well and we had snow peas this year that were out of control and then they're in a good spot the the place matters it's not just about planting it's about where you're planted but that positioning is important um let's just quickly that's my intro to the sermon so um (laughs) let's just let's just look at the story of Zacchaeus quickly and I'll close with these three points I want to make in the city of Jericho, there lived a very wealthy man named Zacchaeus, who, who was once the supervisor over all the tax collectors. As Jesus made his way through the city, Zacchaeus was eager to see Jesus. He kept trying to get a look at him, but the crowd around Jesus was massive. Zacchaeus was a very short man and couldn't see over the heads of the people, so he ran on ahead of everyone, climbed up a blossoming fig tree so he could get a glimpse of Jesus as he passed by. When Jesus got to that place, he looked up into the tree and said, Zacchaeus, hurry on down, for I am appointed to stay at your house today. So he scurried down the tree and came face to face with Jesus. As Jesus left to go with Zacchaeus, many in the crowd complained, look at this, of all the people to have dinner with, he's going to eat in the house of a crook. Zacchaeus joyously welcomed Jesus and was amazed over his gracious visit to his home. Zacchaeus stood in front of the Lord and said, Half of all that I own I will give to the poor. And Lord, if I have cheated anyone, I promise to pay back four times as much as I stole. Jesus said to him, This shows that today life has come to you and your household, for you are a true son of Abraham. The Son of Man has come to seek out and to give life to those who are lost. It's a great story, isn't it? If you've been to Sunday school, you'll know that story very well. And um, it, it's a great image of somebody who wanted to position themselves for growth. He knew, he knew his life was not where he wanted it to be. He heard Jesus was coming, and so he ran, and he, and he ran there and realized, I can't see Jesus. I'm, I'm hungry for an encounter. And so he climbed the tree so that he would see Jesus. So the first point I want to make today is that if you want to see growth this year you need to position yourself for an encounter with Jesus that's number one if you've never met Jesus before today is your day don't leave here not having an encounter with Jesus if that is you today we're going to make a space after the service and you can come up the front and um, grab a couple of people and say yeah I, I, I want to have an encounter with Jesus You may have been a Christian for 40 years and it still applies to you. Position yourself for an encounter with Jesus. Why do I say that? Because I can stand up here and use all the words that I've got and and all my intellect that I've got and, and at the very best, I can hope to maybe shift something cognitively in your mind, but one encounter with Jesus and you're transformed forever. He's better than 100 sermons, 1,000 podcasts, 10,000 books. One encounter with Jesus. Father, I pray that this year, 2019, would be a year of increased supernatural encounter. And if you want to receive that, say amen. Amen. Second point I want to make is you need to position yourself in the Father's love. Zacchaeus was surrounded by these people saying, oh, who are you? You're nobody. We hate you. You suck. And you know what? There's a voice in your head saying the same stuff to you. It's the enemy's voice and he's trying to pull you down. But God says you're something different. You need to listen to the voice of Jesus saying, you're a beloved son and daughter. You're loved by God. He will never leave you or forsake you. 
Your identity is important. Your identity matters. Your identity is found in Christ, not in what the world says about you. So you need to position yourself in the Father's love, in the identity that he, who He says you are. Father, I pray that in 2019, this would be a year of walking and understanding my God-given identity that you would reveal to us more and more of who you say we are. If you want to receive that, say amen. The last point I want to make is to position yourself in a place of generosity. Zacchaeus, through no prompting of anyone else, decided, you know what? I'm going to be generous. He gives away half of his, half of his wealth and then he gives it back to those people who he's wronged, multiplied. There's a multiplication again that takes place as he gives out. You know, freely you have received, freely we get to give. God's put stuff in your life so that you get to benefit and the world gets to benefit. If he gives you a word for someone, give it out. Be generous with that. Grab somebody and say, hey, I think God's given me a word for this person over there. Will you come with me and we'll share it together and uh, see what happens. Let Let the blessing go. Father, I pray that 2019 would be a year of increased capacity to release your blessing and favor in the world through me. If you want to receive that, say amen. We'll just draw the service to a close now, but I do want to invite people, if, if you want to respond today, we're going to make room for that. Um, again, like I can say a bunch of words, but it's Jesus that does the stuff. And if you want to, if you want to encounter and experience some growth this year, we in, and just invite you to come up the front. There'll be people up here who can pray with you. And um, God's got the answer. I, I can say some ideas, but I don't actually have the answer for you, but I know who does have the answer for you. How you can grow this year and how you can have an awesome 2019. And that's the Holy Spirit. He's the mighty counsellor. So um, that's it. That's the end. Have a cup of tea. (laughs) Come down, get prayer. Russ might want to share something.